exactly. And even if it gets you past that 15 minutes of fame, you can never take back the fact that that's how you made it happen. Like, the people who stick with you for the first little bit aren't going to care about what your authentic whatever is. They just are going to want what made you famous. So if what made you famous was looking a certain way, you're going to have to look that certain way to keep things going. Like, you can't just turn it off and be like, haha, I was joking. Like, I just used this as a tactic and now I'm actually <laughs> showing you my true self. Like, no one's going to hold on to that. So you're stuck in it. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck. You cut years later, you're just crying in the mirror. Like, who am I? <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Today on the show, we are joined with singer-songwriter Dellen Gray. Dellen has released a new single titled Head to the Sky that you can now listen to on all streaming platforms. Totally recommend it. It fucking rocks. And to let you guys know, I was first introduced to Dellen by seeing her live. She was hand-chosen by fellow friend of the show, the legend Biff Naked, to open for her right after the pandemic in the Biff Naked Invitational, and it was a night of amazing acts, and Dellen just blew me the fuck away. Beyond having an absolute captivating stage presence, what's really cool about her and her music is that it feels like it's in the spirit of the rock music we would hear from legends of the past, from a Pat Benatar to a Lana Miles, but, It's coming out of this young girl in a very authentic way. And in this conversation today, you'll learn how that all came to be, her influences, her drive in the music industry, and just a lot of topics about passion, hard work, and being true to yourself. I recommend you share this episode with anybody who's just going for it, going for their dreams, even beyond music. I got a bunch of motivation from being in this conversation, and I hope you get just as much listening to it as well. Hey there. Hey. The internet's working again. Yes. <laughs> <Fingers> <laughs> crossed. I've been having like lots of like weird timing with things too. Just like little scares and like things end up working out. But like, it's just crazy. Like uh, I literally clicked the button to open the window and just everything crashed. I'm like, what's going on? I look over at the modem. And it's just like, oh, it's not working. So. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for that. That's awesome. (laughs) Do me like that computer. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad it's all good. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just scrambling, getting my shit together. No, (laughs) don't worry. Can you hear me okay? Is the level and everything? Yeah, you sound great, actually. Okay. Okay, cool. That's the best about um, having musicians on. They always got a big the right mic setup and everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any opportunity to use it you know <laughs> yeah it's so cool and even um i think uh one reason why i asked you to come on today to uh i hear from like a lot of people who listen to kind of like rock from 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago and they're always like hey they don't make music like this anymore yeah. well I'm here to say, yes, they fucking do. <laughs> and Daylon Gray is here with us today. And uh, yeah, Thanks. I just kind of want to hear like about a bit of your evolution as an artist and even like where that style comes from and why it comes out of you. Yeah, well, um, 
I'll start with the fact that my my father's a musician. Uh, so I grew up in a really musical household. Um, I, I picked up the guitar around uh, 12 or 13 years old. I still play the same way I did when I first started. <laughs> so that's, that's not a flex. Um, but yeah, got into piano around five years old. I was a choir girl for like seven years until I was 14. Um, and I started off writing my own music around, uh, 11 years old. And it was all like, I want to be Miley Cyrus, the Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, mm, you know, cause she's right. been 15 different people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just really wanted to be like the Disney pop kid. And so that was definitely reflected in the early music that I was writing until around 16 years old. Um, I was just. I was just not satisfied with the stuff that was coming out. And I was like, I just feel like there's something that's missing. I love this music that I used to listen to that, you know, my dad got me on uh, Led Zeppelin, U2, the Rolling Stones, like these really cool dude rock bands. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to be in that same kind of gritty uh energetic like just this crazy vein of music that I hadn't tapped into so um I started exploring that when I was like 16 17 and now we're here 23 still doing the thing <laughs> yeah that's badass it's always cool to hear how uh, people kind of I guess find their sound and everything and totally. you always like it's doesn't matter like every time I talk to people on the show like even beyond music from comedians to filmmakers it seems like they always start out like trying to emulate something they're a fan of mm -hmm. and often it doesn't like translate right you know and they don't know what they're doing wrong and then all of a sudden like it's almost something you can't teach but like after time of just doing your craft you can tap into your true self and yeah. It's cool that you found like this gritty bluesy type of rock Thanks. too, because um, yeah, like you're good at it and everything. Obviously. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, I guess my my first experience of seeing you play live was uh, at that Biff Naked showcase too. Um, nice. she's been on the show a handful of times too, and uh, this was like post pandemic and maybe like one of the first shows. I've actually seen back like no uh, way. was yes. that your was that your first time playing back after a long hiatus or uh it was actually my second time mm -hmm. I had played a show like up the street from me at, at 3030 here in Toronto uh in October of 2021 I want to say yeah uh and then I was supposed to be playing a show at the horseshoe in January 2022 and it got postponed because we went back into lockdown I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly time i don't have any grasp on it anymore <laughs> yeah, same up. it's a mess <laughs> <laughs> but yes to answer your question it was one of the first it was actually the first of 2022 uh that cmw gig it was great yeah i i thought what was really cool about that night too because it seemed like uh i think i remember her saying that she kind of handpicked all you different ladies to like showcase uh um before her and uh you guys were from like all over the place and it was like all sorts of different styles but also made sense and it was just a cool discovery night for me to see a bunch of new artists and everything well that's awesome to hear yeah it was it was a really cool build to be a part of I mean like you said being handpicked by Biv Naked that's 
pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. She's she's so cool. Um, I love her. And uh, yeah, I, I guess like um, yeah, it, it was just it was just so cool. Sorry, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting lost in it because it was just an awesome experience being able to perform for the first time in 2022 to a bunch of people that didn't know me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. was just like super nerve-wracking it's like my parents and my boyfriend in the back <laughs> and that was it so having to kind of rip the band-aid off um was yeah it was really cool <laughs> yeah and you knocked it out of the park and uh what nice. I love too about your performance too is just um your stage energy too beyond the tunes mm -hmm. too you got like such like a presence of almost like what we were talking about, like the rock star of the past, even though like you're in your Thank 20s you. too. It's like kind of like uh, I felt like when you started playing, it was it felt like you were like tapping into like an older soul in a way. I don't know. It's like just like an energy in the air. That's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, I just kind of want to like get into like uh, like just your stage presence and performing and stuff like when how do you feel when you're up there do you get like a stage high do you black out like how because you oh get right God. into it it's awesome thank you yeah um I mean it was definitely an evolution of things I I have now gotten to the point where um I mean this in the best of ways I just don't care like I really don't care I get up on the stage and I just let it happen and some nights it's lesser than I'll never say it's a bad show because being able to perform in, in front of people and just do the thing is so incredibly cool. So I I don't know, <laughs> maybe I'm being optimistic, but I never want to consider a show to be bad. Um, but sometimes there is that energy that just comes in from the crowd and you just go with it. Um, and even if it's not coming from the crowd, I'm thinking of CMW specifically, the fact that no one knew me, like everyone was kind of just neutral. No one was really going to give me anything. There's definitely this like overcompensation <laughs> that I have to kind of tap into. Um, but at the same time, it just feels like, you know, I'm performing for myself in front of the mirror, which I tend to do a lot to prep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah yeah anyways i i'd like to say it's just it's really just i i don't care and we're doing it and this is what's gonna happen <laughs> whatever happens happens yeah that's the best though and uh even like i'm a strong believer is in like the energy you put out is the type of energy you receive and this is like beyond music and everything and uh yeah i always just get um inspired even though i do different things than you to see like a performance like that too it just makes me want to like kick ass in my own way yes. and everything you know it's like uh and i think that's kind of like what art is all about and everything absolutely yeah it's that total um effortless expression you know and i don't know if there's I'd like to think that there's a lot of it out there and that people are tapping into it, but with social media and stuff where you have to put up this front and you have to play the game and look a certain way, sound a certain way, it's hard to find that for yourself. So I just hope that, you know, people are finding that for themselves outside of whatever it might be that they're doing on social media or whatever else that might be kind of limiting that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like how you said, play the game too. Um, that's something oh, yeah. I've been dealing with, you know, like trying to keep, I guess, the authenticity of and realness of whatever you're doing. But also there's all these different apps you got to post, on, you got to market a certain way. And like, if you and just even like I'm learning like all these different tricks of like how to get like attention to but I also don't want to like, 
go too clickbaity with like you know i want yeah. like some sort of integrity and like yeah. i don't know do you feel that way with like uh promoting music because it's just uh, in a way i notice it's just overwhelming of different places you can throw it out to yeah it's it's so insane i think you said it completely <laughs> right there's this yeah. weird um kind of happy medium that you want to find where you're not badgering people and you're not doing the you know you're not following the post six stories a day and only use three hashtags now and mm -hmm. and post every single day on your grid on instagram but do twice or three times a day on tiktok like it's so much and i don't know i'd like to think that by being somewhat authentic to the way i'd like to market my music that i'm going to tap into people who actually are there for the music and can appreciate someone who isn't you know just another tiktok kid or just another um uh pretty person on instagram like i just have no time for that stuff yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> i really don't yeah. even when i like seen you play and even hear like your tracks on like spotify and everything too it's like it makes me think it's like yo this should be on like vinyl you know like just because it's got that that spirit you know and everything not tiktok you. you know no exactly this is yeah i don't know i'm just hoping to like i said tap into those people who who are the you know rock music appreciators you know fans um who truly just want to come out and and rock and not just listen to seven seconds of my song at a time and expect that I look a certain way in all my videos like I, I'm not gonna go up on stage in a bunch of makeup and try not to get sweaty you know <laughs> yeah facts, <laughs> if facts. I look like a hot mess that's what it's gonna be <laughs> yeah no and that's dope and uh actually too like uh just come to think of it too so I, I had your music playing on my Spotify and I I noticed you got just a few tracks on there and when it runs out it plays like kind of like like artists or like something it would the algorithm would think I would like Right. And what came up was actually kind of awesome and like related to like what you were talking about came up like when your songs were done, Alana Miles Black Velvet popped up. Oh, shut and up. And I was that's like, awesome. oh, that's like it's such a cool like transition too, because especially like that's like such a song in the past. But I also feel like a similar spirit in in vain. And I don't really understand how the Spotify algorithm works, but like that's a good on you, you know, like. And maybe somebody would be listening to her and run out of her music and then youth get popped up or like on a same playlist or something like that. But I can only hope. <laughs> I can yeah. only hope. That's awesome, yeah. though. Thanks for sharing that. That's really cool. Yeah, no problem. And uh, yeah, the other week uh, you released a new single as well. Head to the yeah. Sky. Um, really yes. cool. Um, Thanks. Again, I keep like using the word like throwback and stuff it really like made me feel like uh like I was listening to something from like the 90s like kind of like a little gritty dirty Sweet. um just it had like a soaring voice but kind of like this backing um darkness to it which I like and miss is kind of reminded uh, me of like maybe like a nine inch nails or filter or something like that and yeah, just kind of like let us like I can keep talking about the song, but you let us know about about the single. Oh, no, like, you're making uh, it sound so good. <laughs> Don't stop. Um, yeah, I actually that was one of uh, the Nine Inch Nails and Filter were uh, two of the kind of 
um, inspirations that I wanted to work off of for the production of this song. Sure. Um, I worked on this song. Oh my gosh. It was my first attempt at doing all of the uh, writing myself. So music and lyrics. And that's not how it ended. <laughs> because in that first attempt I realized you know I'm not proficient enough on guitar to really make this rip but I know exactly what I want to hear on this and so mm. I got a good friend of mine um Nick Corcoran to jump on and he just helped shape it into what it is now um my dad also came in on it too like my dad and I do all of my production together um he's just so much more well-versed in like the logic stuff than I am um so I get to just focus on the songwriting and be like oh dad I want to hear this blah 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 blah. and so yeah Head to the Sky was really just kind of just this massive compilation of all of us working together and and trying to find that like gritty uh sound I I wanted I, I mean I don't know if anyone listening has heard any of the other or will have heard any of the other stuff on Spotify but in this one I wanted to bring in a different kind of grit like something that I hadn't really tapped into in the other tracks mm. but make it still sound quote-unquote dull and gray um so yeah it was cool and um from a songwriting standpoint like it's a song about coming out of COVID and feeling like you know all of these other artists and um, musicians and whoever else are like picking right back from where they left off and I feel like I have no footing <laughs> to mm -hmm. kind of jump off of and I'm starting from ground zero and what the hell happened man I mean the lyric is the world kept turning and left me behind and that's that's mm. exactly what what it felt like so yeah <laughs> oh cool cool do you feel like kind of this grittiness is just like your evolution and like something you're gonna keep going forward with yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. And I know so because I have more songs that are coming out like they're <laughs> they're just chilling on the back burner right now. Um, but yeah, I think you can definitely expect more of that grittiness. You can expect some more bluesy stuff happening. Um, yeah, I don't really want to limit it to anything. Like if there's a song that comes out that's like perfect for acoustic stripped down Amy Winehouse vibes, I'm going to go with that. Um, but I always need my like harder core I want to feel like I'm part of the rock crew, <laughs> like yeah. the, the the boy group. Um, I want to feel like I'm part of that songs too. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. And uh, yeah, it feels like there's like a bit of like a nice contrast with uh, that grit we're talking about. And then plus your voice is just so soaring and clean as well. kind of reminds me like of, I was like a teenager, early 2000s. And there was like a big boom with uh, metalcore where it was just super heavy but then they'd have these guys who could just like actually have pipes like so and I, I remember like metal was always like compartmentalized in my brain as like screaming music mm -hmm. and then it just a simple thing of like taking something like darker and having like something beautiful over it like just was so stimulating at the time and like I became obsessed with it too and I feel like uh even though like your stuff isn't like super scary heavy it's still yeah. got that it's still kind of like in that vein though you know where it's like there's this nice like contrast of everything and it just I don't know it makes it uh, something interesting thank you that's a huge compliment thank you yeah no problem no problem <laughs> and um how do you feel like uh, when you make a song and you're about to perform it for the very first time do you get nervous or excited or uh both I think going back to that 
um general feeling on stage like I don't care (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is the song I'm playing take it or leave it um for the most part though it is excitement I mean kind of sitting on these songs and not being able to play them live uh before I mean I say not being able to play them live before release, but I always do. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. Definitely excited to see what the general reaction is from the crowd. Um, and a little nervous because, you know, a big part of this gig is rejection and people telling you they hate you. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and yeah. what you do. So, you know, Those there's always a trolls little and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, thanks a lot, user, whatever. Um, no, generally, though, I, I'm just super pumped and yeah it's great to take it out of the studio like i want it to live in the live setting so it's cool yeah yeah and it's it feels like i don't know um back in the day i used to dabble in like some stand-up comedy too and uh sometimes like i'd like come up with like a five minutes that works like so well and i'd be doing it over and over and then i think of like something new to put in it and I remember just getting so much like anxiety of just switching it up something I'm like oh shit like is this even gonna work and sometimes <laughs> it would and sometimes it would just bomb <laughs> and it's just, like so I always like wondered like and like like to talk to music people like about that too because it, there it is kind of like in the same vein of just vulnerability I guess is the word yeah. I'm trying to think of and everything yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it is, yeah, you're you're definitely <laughs> vulnerable up there. <laughs> yeah, just throwing it out. I don't know what's going to happen. And yeah, especially, like, like it seems like you're, like, evolving in different styles and trying new things, too. So that's got to be, I wouldn't say, like, my, my brain thought of the word freaky, but not really, like, interesting, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think the funniest thing that's happened so far in relation to this kind of anticipation of getting new music out there live um, was actually the first time, like the very first show I played as Dellen Gray. Um, and it was in, in 2018, I think. And we had a bunch of our friends and family come out. Like people came in from like Ottawa and Montreal and it was really, really cool. <laughs> and I think everyone was kind of expecting this little indie pop girl. <laughs> to happen no one actually knew literally no one knew that there had been any kind of musical evolution so everyone's waiting there for like "Ah." (laughs) and holy lord I came out with such an intense energy like there's definitely been an evolution to kind of bring that down a little bit because it was overwhelming (laughs) and our friends and family were sitting there kind of like what the fuck is going on And there was definitely um, mixed mixed reviews after that. Some of our friends never came back to a show. Um, they were like, mm. no, good on you. You're doing the thing. Never coming back. Not my thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And then other people were super stoked about it. So, um, yeah, I think after that, I was like, you know what? It'll be up to them to take it or leave it. I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Oh, I just tapped into the devil. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> It's just like an exorcism happening on stage. It's cool. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, I dig it. I wish I wish I saw that performance. Even though you you like, I feel like you still like just go balls to the wall and just smash it. Like there's there's an energy yeah. and presence, and you can tell like you're really into it, which is Thanks. always something I appreciate too. Like sometimes you see uh people who've done this for so long and they like have these gigs like where they just phone it in and I think there's some importance to it doesn't matter how big a room is like whether it's 
full like whether you're doing like an arena or even in front of like three people because you never know like really who those three people are too and sometimes those moments can like change everything by just like knocking it out of the park you know totally yeah totally exactly what you just said you never know what's going to come out of those gigs so you might as well give it everything and the thing is too like you never know when your last gig is going to be not to be Mm. yeah (laughs) a downer but um yeah if you know even just if another pandemic hits and that's it for another three years like I want my last time on stage to be something that I can hold on to for those three years to keep me going you know um yeah so yeah yeah it's cool (laughs) yeah not to be like a downer too but like I I think about that stuff a lot too and even like I've had like different people in different communities like where people just passed away very young too and I feel like just like now more than ever like I'm thinking like each day isn't guaranteed (laughs) and I'm sure people don't want to hear me talking about like dying right now like listening to this podcast but I feel like that's such like us like like just putting that perspective out there makes Mm -hmm. me work harder or just be a better person and everything like Yeah. Yeah, totally. You hold on to things that are so much more meaningful. And I think there's a certain fearlessness or courage that comes with that um, acceptance as well. Um, I I can say personally, you know, from a networking standpoint within the music industry, like, I don't care who you are, what you do, what you've done. I'm going to reach out to you if I think that something can happen, like if you can be of value to to the things that are happening here with me. Um, I don't care if you're the CEO of the biggest label and whatever I'm going to shoot my shot because the worst that's going to happen is either you don't answer me or I get a no and that's not going to end my life so (laughs) like throw it all out there to anyone who's listening and even yeah if I I don't know if you feel the same way but I just there's a certain kind of switch was flipped during COVID where I was like you know what I don't care I literally do not care I'm going to make this happen however I can and if that means making a fool of myself or coming off as naive or whatever that is like so be it (laughs) Yeah, no regrets, just putting it all out there. And I, again, I find like just putting that kind of energy out just comes back to you. And it might not be right away. I find like Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are maybe whether they're new to music or comedy, filmmaking or whatever, they'll make like their first thing and they'll like expect something to happen right away. And I don't know, it, it weeds out people, but also like some people get discouraged or just like think or devalue themselves but it's just such a grind and you just got to keep going you know it's a it's like a long-term game like that totally it's a total wizard of oz situation i mean i was definitely there when i first started writing um the first couple songs that i came up with it's like you're gonna be famous tomorrow are you kidding me (laughs) yeah like the world is not ready for this (laughs) yeah and then you release them and you get 200 streams and you're like that was it <laughs> yeah okay I guess where's, I gotta go where's back to my label board. contract all that <laughs> my, my private jet hello don't you know who I think I am yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but no totally over that that's not that's not where I'm at now but teenage me oh yeah oh yeah I thought I thought I was a shit for sure <laughs> yeah and I feel like sometimes uh like people who um are new to the I guess the game of this um expect people to go out of their way to find you when really like there's just so much content being blasted out right now it's you gotta put in that extra hustle even though it is exhausting recording playing shows booking tours whatever you do need to put that 
little extra energy and even even though it's probably like killing you in a way just like like exhaustion and everything but um yeah it's it's crazy yeah i think there's definitely a saving grace in that you know you end up wherever you end up down the line and you're just so much more well-rounded and you have such a better understanding of the industry that you're working in and there may be a point where you get that you get to and you're like oh this is not the industry for me <laughs> like this is what it is no thanks not having it by or this is what it is i can change it in this way i can run with it in this way like i think there's so much opportunity that comes with having to be your ceo of your company like mm -hmm. realistically everyone who's an artist is their own ceo like we all have a business to run um it's no longer just pumping out art and letting people kind of do the thing with it and and help us get to places we have to get to the place for people to start listening so. yeah definitely definitely well said and also like i feel like if you keep at it like maybe people aren't paying attention right away but if you keep like chipping away at whatever you're doing you're going to continue to get better and even if people don't want to pay attention you'll get to a point where you're just undeniable you know like and Holy. like just turn some heads and I think that's like such a beautiful thing and something I only learned with time and age and because um especially I should say this recently lots of people been in my inbox like uh talking about like starting a podcast and right. stuff like that and they're expecting like things to happen like right away and I'm like oh my god like it doesn't what I have to say over and over again it doesn't work like that and even like beyond this I was like doing media for like 10 years and I'm still like a tiny little like platform you know but things if you keep at it things of like beautiful things will happen and again you've just become undeniable where you're not uh, I don't know just seen I guess in a way yeah people are actually listening to you for more than the seven seconds that apparently our attention span is nowadays. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even like uh it's it's cool to like see you on stage too, because obviously you've worked at your craft. And mm -hmm. my first impression, it turned my head, you know? And it's like uh I find like maybe if something doesn't happen right away, if you keep at it when you get those moments too, you're gonna be also prepared for it because like your sword is sharp and everything. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I think of how I felt when I was a, a teenager that kind of just I'm on top of the world and you're crazy if you don't think that this is the next hottest thing. And I think of where I'm at now. And every time I get off stage, it's like, wow, that was incredible. But I have so far to go. Like, this is not even the show I want it to be in five years. Like, I know exactly where I want to be in five years in terms of, you know, visuals and being able to shred on guitar and maybe play drums on a, on a song or something. Like, there's so much that I want to do. There's so much that I have to learn and want to learn. And I think that's the key is like, you just have to be open to learning and want to like, embrace your art even more and tap into pieces of it that you don't know yet um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's really powerful to think ahead that way and and even like to break it down like the journey too it's like oh maybe i'll learn a little bit more of this on guitar and like even make moves here and there and just like it's crazy how like you can keep doing these baby steps and then just look back in like a year or two years and be like holy shit right now I'm doing something I dreamed about like a couple of years ago or whatever yeah 
yeah it's so insane it is so insane <laughs> yeah are you are you big on like putting like out like a big goal like like a dream board type of girl or anything oh, like that absolutely all i want is to play wembley stadium that's it sick ever yeah, since i go. was like a kid i popped out and was like <laughs> wembley stadium <laughs> i could so, see that yeah you know We'll see. But that's yeah, I, absolutely. Dream big, dream the biggest you can, because you're never going to get anywhere near it if you kind of aim to be whatever realistic means to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, facts. And um, yeah, that's that's cool, too. I'm imagining you there right now, too. <laughs> And, and you know what? You, some pyro would like compliment your music as well. So let's fucking go. Let's put that out there. Yeah, no, I'm so down. So down. <laughs> I'm putting that out there, too. <laughs> yeah and obviously we're talking a lot about your music because that's what i know you for yeah but uh what do you do to like decompress outside of this like do you have any other hobbies or are you just so music obsessive that you're just always doing something like this or like what what's what's going on with you yeah great question i um i actually work full-time for a tech not-for-profit um and kind of the business team. So very cool, marketing cool. heavy and yeah. all that jazz. Uh, so that's my nine to five. And then I also am in school part-time. So I'm studying legal studies wow. and business at the University of Waterloo. So between those two things and music, there's not a lot of downtime. Um, it's even just like if I'm sitting watching Netflix or whatever, my brain is constantly going, oh crap, I forgot an assignment or oh my God, I didn't post on whatever today or <laughs> I didn't join that meeting. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so done. Um, but in terms of decompressing, um, my boyfriend recently got me into jujitsu. Cool. So uh, that's been really, really fun. It's been two or three months now that I've been doing it. Um, and it's just, it, there's something to martial arts. Like I, I used to do karate a little bit as a kid, but it really didn't stick. Um, but there's definitely a discipline that you tap into and it's definitely meditative as well. Like you really can't be thinking about music school work anything else while you're on the mat while someone is like ripping your head yeah, off you're gonna right? get choked <laughs> out, you know? so there's that maybe not super uh chill and like decompressing but that's how I do it um and otherwise it's horse riding for me I've been horse riding since I was eight um so yeah very lucky to do that still you're a badass. Like you're <laughs> learning how to fight. You're like riding horses. Dude, I'm prepping for the apocalypse. Like yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, you you're gonna need to protect me. <laughs> Over the pandemic, I just turned into like this video editor slob. Because, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh man, that's that's so awesome though. And even um, yeah, yeah, it's I'm always like super fascinated with like martial arts and all that just something i've dabbled in here and there with like my friends have been into like jujitsu and stuff just going awesome. to like classes and stuff and it's yeah. it's it's great it's like such like a mental chess game especially like uh jujitsu too and like learning like the intricacies of everything and yeah. i remember i used to watch a lot of ufc and when i oh. was younger and immature like i always wanted to to see them like standing and fighting and then yeah 
after like i swear one jujitsu lesson all of a sudden i got like right into like the ground game where the you know like the crowd's booing they're not even doing it they're like hugging i'm like no they're not like look at his he's trying to swing his hip this way and like <laughs> catch him you don't even understand <laughs> yeah yeah amazing. no striking matches now are just like boring it's so funny well i watch ufc religiously with my friends now everyone's on it and uh yeah it's exactly that if anyone stays on their feet for too long it's like why are we here guys Literally, why why are you even getting paid? Take it to the ground or nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's so cool. And even like, wow, like just to hear like all the things you do outside of doing music too, uh sounds a bit exhausting in a way with school. And like uh how how do you like find the balance there? Um, I'm really lucky in that over the past couple of years, there's been, there have been so many synergies between what I'm doing in work, school and music that it all is kind of just working itself into this big learning <laughs> opportunity. Um, so I mean, from a school standpoint, I'm studying law, a lot of business law, you know, learning to learn uh, to read contracts and come up with my own contracts and understanding what my musical rights are and, you know, legal jargon that kind of stuff um and the same thing from an employment standpoint like what does my employment contract actually say <laughs> what mm -hmm. am i actually signing up for here um i mean there's a business component to my degree too which has been huge for musical business development and business development and work so everything's fitting quite nicely um and yeah you know if it's ever feeling like a slog I just kind of remind myself like this is we're moving to something bigger here like this is going to help you in the future with music work or school so don't even worry about it you're moving <laughs> that's all that matters yeah that's even that's so important too it's so cool to hear that you're like going uh, in a business direction with your schooling as well mm -hmm. because I I know a lot of artists they're just so creative minded too and like yeah and it's when it comes to like the business things, it's uh, it can get confusing or frustrating and yeah, that's just awesome. You know, it's, you're nice. going to be able to take care of yourself or even like look in, like you mentioned, like into contracts and stuff as you move along in your career. And that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to being your own boss and, and uh, kind of shaping that into the strongest possible version of it you can right like I want to understand as much as I can of everything and you know let the experts do the thing but um have an understanding of of what I should be looking for <laughs> yeah. you know without being too broad yeah even I find too like uh as you're like growing different skills too sometimes that can lead to different amazing chapters in your life like later on like especially like yeah. you have the experience of being on stage as an artist knowing that type of life and then ha on the other hand having this business stuff like even down the road you can be a certain type of management roles and stay in the industry and always be working because you just have all of these different skill sets for different moments and situations and I think that's really cool and important and something a lot of people don't think about when they're on their journey like maybe they'll just all go into like one thing you know or just the craft yeah. and not and always think, oh, somebody else will take care of this other stuff for me. But uh, yeah, kudos yeah. to for you to do that. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's just not the reality anymore, right? Like we can't just do art. <laughs> we yeah. are expected to be our marketing team, our PR team, our managers, our agents. Like you have to be multifaceted. And and I think the, yeah, the smarter you can get with that, the the better for you. Mm -hmm. Facts, facts. 
And um, yeah, even like you mentioned, it seems like you kind of have this studio situation with your father and people like is this like in your home like I need to know this is yeah well. yeah it's right here so we actually have a garage um I live in a basement apartment off my parents house <laughs> so very close to my parents um and yeah we have this garage in the backyard and uh, my dad literally turned it into a studio himself uh which is so so cool and so we use this place for rehearsals for recording for chilling pretty much everything it's it's great but yeah everything's close to home I I'm very spoiled I I don't want to ever go to other studios because mm -hmm. why <laughs> got it all here it's yeah perfect. even like it's it's cool that you're so comfortable with like your own setup as well too because I know so many different bands as well where they'll spend so much time writing and maybe they'll be on like a crazy budget so when they go into the yeah. studio it's almost like this stress panic of like we have this many hours to do this much and yeah. I feel like that's not like the best way to write or make a song you know you got to let things breathe listen to it back but it's yeah. not like their fault you know it's just the way things are and expense wise and everything so that's so uh I don't know just cool and special that you have that uh that environment yeah, it's really awesome. It's it's such a blessing. And honestly, being able to learn from my dad, too. I mean, he is was a musician back in the day. And, and this is his thing, right? Like he loves producing and loves all the things on the computer that I'm really bad at. So instead of having to hire someone to come in, like you were saying, like, budget that out. I just have my dad here to walk me through everything and help me make things sound great. And um, it's just really cool. I mean, it's just overall cool to have that relationship with my dad. Like we both get to do the thing we love together. Um, so it's awesome. And he plays drums for me too. So oh, yeah. the like live too. Yeah. Anyways, my cool, my dad's the coolest. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is amazing. That's such like a, uh, just a beautiful uh, thing you got going on there. And um even like, uh, yeah, you mentioned he was like in a band too, like, or like, was he, was he a solo artist or a band? Like both. He, both he was in bands growing up, uh, until like mid twenties and then broke off and did his own thing. Um, and yeah. And then just kind of settled down to, to produce my stuff. And my sister is also big into music too. So whenever she's in town, he does some stuff with her, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Do you feel like him coming from like an older generation helps your style as well? Oh my God. Yes. Actually the last song we just wrapped, um, he, we were both sitting in the studio and I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know what I want this to sound like, but I know exactly what I want it to sound like. I can't think of a reference. And he pulled up, um, a sex pistols reference and he pulled up like U2. U2 is kind of our go-to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And I can't remember the other, there were a couple other bands that he brought up. I was like, wow, I wouldn't have even thought of this song to be a reference for this part that we're working on so he definitely brings a really really cool um influence uh to to the mixes that we're putting together so yeah yeah he's awesome yeah that's that's really cool and even like kind of um I don't know in my eyes I think that kind of makes it a little more authentic too because he's coming from like these different eras of like the sex pistols for example and stuff like yeah. that and just to have that uh I don't know, I guess energy into your music too. And with also you being passionate about that direction and everything is it's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. My dad's like a rock junkie at heart. He he started off in, in rock bands. So this is like his dream come true. 
Yeah. And uh I noticed like right now you release like just a bunch of singles. Are you gonna keep going the the route of just releasing singles or are you thinking of like maybe putting together an album or an EP or yeah, so I have so many songs right now and it's ridiculous because the way that um I don't know everyone kind of wants you to go is to just keep releasing singles until you die. Um and I really want to put out an EP to start. I have enough for an album. So I just need to figure out what that looks like from a marketing, like packaging standpoint. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to get everything out there. Because kind of back to that doom, like you never know when the last day is going to be. And I don't want <laughs> to die and have none of my songs out. Like at least have them be out in the ether <laughs> for someone yeah. to eventually find if they ever do. Um, so yeah, uh, TBD on that, but definitely working toward bigger release packages if you will cool cool i'm trying to like think of who said this but somebody recently who was like very famous they were just like all just talking about like i don't think we should make albums anymore this is bugging me like i can't think of the band because it was like a bigger band and they were just like yeah just like the way the world is like it's eps but i actually love like on a release day of like if it's something I enjoy just having a lot of content at once that you can just hit play and it's fresh and it's new and it kind of like all fits like a certain vibe and yeah that's that's got to be another thing uh that's um I guess whether it's like a challenge or just something you got to be conscious about when putting together a bigger project like do these songs fit together in ordering it in the like with this thing coming up are you are you in that mindset as well totally uh totally I I'm not big on um like concept albums and that kind of thing like I kind of just I'll take whatever I have and try to find a way to put it all together and um you know make some edits accordingly so like you know drop a song add a song if it really doesn't work um but yeah I, I don't know what it would end up looking like for me um all I know is that sonically I'd want it to fit like I wouldn't want there to be like a jazz track on uh like uh, just after a heavy rock <laughs> thing like <laughs> yeah. I think that's a bit much um but yeah also kind of going back to the way you were talking about just like consuming the music if you will I'm not really understanding how people are so down to binge like Netflix shows and like just series on series and then we can't binge three minutes at a time of really freaking good music right like it's an interesting discrepancy in our attention um just between visuals and and i guess like sonic uh consumption so i don't know we'll see i wish we could just like pump out albums because it's like mini series (laughs) yeah that's such a good point like what is that like i never thought of that like people are like down like you mentioned like something new comes out on netflix they'll spend their next two days just hyper focused on it and then some people like will release a record and it's just like yeah i I don't know if it's the apps we have now or because i remember before um i'm a i'm a bit older than you i'm like in my 30s but i came from like a generation where i'd buy a cd because i like one song on the radio and then it becomes a mystery and then i would go home and as i'm like just listening to it with like headphones on I'm opening like a a physical book in like looking at lyrics and like even like, oh, who wrote this? And I remember a big thing for me uh, was Metallica and it's always James Lars, James Lars. And then all of a sudden it's just Jason. It's like, oh, what did he do on that? (laughs) It's like one song out of the 10. It's like and like I feel like people don't have that experience anymore because they're 
like when you play a song like on your phone or something it's not having all those credentials and all yeah. that you know it's more just people are treating music i guess like in a way where it's getting devalued and yeah. being treated as like background yeah. noise or <laughs> i don't yeah, know no, i don't totally. know i'm trying to like put it together totally. right now but i don't know like why it's kind of like lost that uh i don't know spirit and value yeah i i think there definitely is something to that tangible component that we're missing right like it's just you can, it's just so easy to swipe to the next thing eh, i don't like the first seven seconds of the song bye done like oh moving on to my the song that i'm listening to the most right now i mm -hmm. i think i recently saw a bit of miley cyrus's new album she did like a disney uh like mini movie thing for it it was like a bunch of live performances of her new album Cool. And I thought that was really cool. There was a lot of feedback from fans, like people you know, posting TikToks and whatever of them watching it and crying and just having it be this big experience. And I think that's exactly what's missing is this visual, tangible component bringing us back to like having to sit with it and wanting to listen to the lyrics and wanting to know more about the story and the like the story behind whoever's writing the songs and stuff like yeah, I don't know how to do that for an independent artist, though, because no one cares. <laughs> if I were to do that on, like, YouTube or something, who's actually going to watch 45 minutes of me performing my songs live? Like, no one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think if, like, people, like, saw you live in person, mm -hmm. they would be the ones to, like, I don't know, like, if they heard about that, like, for me, example, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, let's throw this on because they know yeah. what you bring. But Again, there's just so much out in that ether right now. And it's like, how do you get people's attentions? And again, like maybe we can blame a TikTok or something. And yeah, honestly, even, oh my God, I I started using that app like recently. Like I know it's mm -hmm. been out forever, but I'm just like, well, I made clips of the show. Let's start throwing it on there. Yeah. And um, I had like a big episode the other week with David Suzuki on it. And I yes. took a little piece, like a, a very like conscious and like kind of soulful moment he had. Mm -hmm. And um, I put it on TikTok and usually like the stuff I've been putting on TikTok gets between like maybe 200 views to maybe a thousand. And yeah. this one went to like 12,000, like right away. I'm like, oh, sick. This is awesome. Then just yesterday I get like a notice that it's been like a, been flagged for like uh integrity and authenticity and then i'm i'm like that's what the words it said like why it was like flagged and then i'm just scrolling and it's just like all these like booty shaking hoes and stuff i'm like i'm like what the fuck is this like like i hate this place like i got so like internally mad and then i then i in appealed it too and they said and uh one they give you like a bunch of like just like robotic options of like why and it's like uh just one of them was just uh this i don't think this is like a content that uh breaks your standards <laughs> and then i hit that and then a day later and it's like yes it is <laughs> and then it's gone <laughs> okay so nothing matters like i can't do anything you're not gonna yeah. send me to a human yeah, all AI it's, nowadays. Damn. Yeah, it's it's just such a weird thing, and but you again, it's like that's the way people are consuming things. And I was hoping to send out little snippets here and there, mm -hmm. and um, 
maybe like even if like 10,000 people watch the TikTok, if like two or three people actually click on the actual episode, that's worth it for me, you know, like, but yeah. uh, sometimes I just don't know what to do anymore. You know, it's so much. Honestly, honestly. And then everyone's telling you that they have an answer um, when no one knows what they're doing. Like no, no one has no. any idea. There's no way to predict what's going to be like the next algorithm tomorrow or whatever. It's just yeah do what you love <laughs> put stuff out that you love <laughs> yeah that's yeah what you can do. it goes back to just like fuck it like this is what i do and just throw it out there and it's yeah. even like so hard without um i notice without an industry backing you as well i find so many people get pushes because they're just in the right place at the right time especially in the music industry um it's absolute crazy almost to go full circle with our convo. What I said at the beginning mm -hmm. of people looking for music, that's maybe like your style, but they yeah. don't hear it. And it's not because it's not out there and it's not because you're not good. It's just because somebody hasn't made you the chosen one, you know, like yeah. the puppet master or yeah. whatever. And, yeah. uh, I feel like sometimes when I get into this, people are like think it's like conspiracy talk, but it's like, no, that's actually how it works, you know? No, literally everything's rigged. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Some of these kids blowing up on TikTok or even on Instagram, whatever, social media kids, like they have industries behind them or have had for several years or they have connections that you could only dream of having. Sometimes it's sheer luck. And that is super cool and like good on you. But there's a lot of money. There's a lot of networking, schmoozing that goes on behind the scenes. And so again, like play the game to whatever degree you're comfortable with. Like mm -hmm. I'm never going to play the game to the point where, you know, I'm posting videos of my boobs and I'm like super made up and I'm just holding a guitar. Like that's not the kind of musician I want to be. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll play. Like <laughs> I'll play. I'll do some schmoozing on the side. Mm -hmm. I'll see who can maybe be of value to me down the, down the road. See if I can make a connection. I'll post some stuff that looks better than me in like a hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I respect that too. Cause you're keeping your integrity and uh, I find there's, there's power to that too. Um, mm -hmm. I find when people play like, I guess the sleazy game, maybe for a quick second, yeah. they'll get like a boost of, quote unquote like fans or whatever but mm -hmm. they're not lifers like they're just there for the quick moment but I feel like I'm learning the older I get and even with my podcast journey it's been like mm -hmm. a very slow burn and even like I I worked for like a YouTube place and I knew I knew like these strategies of like that just kind of like broke the integrity of the show but could mm -hmm. get it like a push but I noticed yeah. like these slow burn like gathering of people to whatever platform this is it's like people who are very passionate in a, attention where you can do like the cheap trick and blast it out everywhere but it's like I don't know it's it's like a 15 minutes of fame type of thing and like people yeah. aren't really connected to it because lots of these tactics don't have soul behind it you know it's just like yeah. being a certain fakeness or doing putting on a mask and yeah totally. and, and at the end of the day it's like you're not going to be happy with what you're doing you know no exactly and even if it gets you past that 15 minutes of fame you can never take back 
the fact that that's how you made it happen. Like the people who stick with you for the first little bit aren't going to care about what your authentic whatever is. They just are going to want what made you famous. So if what made you famous was looking a certain way, you're going to have to look that certain way to keep things going. Like you can't just turn it off and be like, Haha, I was joking. Like I just use this as a tactic and now I'm actually <laughs> showing you my true self. Like no one's going to hold on to that. So you're stuck in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're stuck. You cut years later, you're just crying in the mirror. Like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. 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 It's all crazy. You know, but uh, kudos to, to you. Like, I, I feel like it's cool to just hear um, like the different layers of your journey and how you make your music and, and all that. Cause it's not easy being an independent artist, especially like we mentioned without having like the industry backing it's, it's fucking expensive. A lot of people don't know. And like, even doing shows or booking tours too at um, without like that backing too. It's, it's like gambling in a way. Oh, you, it is. It's, you know, you got a good product, but you don't know like if I'm going to get back from putting all this out. And it's just, I feel like after time you do get rewarded, but it's never right away. And it's just like kudos to the ones yeah. who stick it out and just do it because that's what they do, you know? And yeah yeah it's it's the long game we all gotta play the long game um, <laughs> and if you don't want to that's cool because like no one's blaming you <laughs> yeah if you're like you know what this has been so much i don't know who i am anymore i don't know why i'm doing it anymore then that's cool you gotta gotta take a step back but yeah uh i don't know I'm just gonna keep doing the thing and see where it gets me and I, I think the biggest thing that i've learned recently is not being flustered by names or status or whatever like if if Universal were to offer me a record deal tomorrow, like that would be really cool. But what are you actually doing for me? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. are you actually going to get done? Am I sitting on a shelf for the next yeah. 15 years of my life? That, that happens too. Yeah, it happens to so many people. Like I know a lot of kids who started off when they were like 14, got a record deal and they're like 25 now, still nothing has happened for them. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to be aware of within the industry. And like, you can't just be flustered by whoever or whatever um everyone's hustling everyone has um an ulterior motive you know not to yeah. like make everyone sound ridiculous because there are people who are genuine who want to help you and that's mm-hmm. cool but, yeah like, facts know who you're working with <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a uh, good advice too and yeah you're kicking ass and even like it's it's interesting to uh one thing why i invited you for an episode this week too i was kind of thinking of my whole like podcast journey like just like in retrospect of like why I started doing this and like just the long story short is I originally like started doing this because I just wanted to share some cool shit and I was like in the city just going out to like different places different art scenes and like seeing all these different special people where maybe their story isn't being told or Mm -hmm. just like they're making good music or comedy and people don't know who they are. And even though I didn't have any followers, I'm like, I'm just going to try to make like this little thing. And there was something I was just very like conscious of. And Mm -hmm. this week I was like, I just want to share some cool shit. Who's doing cool (laughs) shit. And you were like, literally like one of the first people to pop up on my Instagram. I'm like, yo, what up? (laughs) Let's go. That's so awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you letting me use your platform and and for yeah, just listening. It's been really fun. Yeah, yeah. And um 
yeah you got any like shows coming up in the future yes i do i have one coming up here in toronto uh april 14th at bar cathedral uh with another couple bands it's gonna be really fun the lookout service is headlining um they're also a very cool toronto toronto band um and then tbd on other shows there are some things happening behind the scenes that have to get finalized before i know exactly what the plans are but um i'm very excited to to share what's what what's coming <laughs> yeah that's exciting and um yeah um uh, maybe we can leave off with this if uh a young girl little girl sees you on stage doing your thing mm -hmm. and says i want to do that what would the be the advice that you would give her do it Mm -hmm. do it and don't let anyone get in your way like there are only two options either you get on this train or you get the fuck out of the way i'm leaving the station it's up to you so Love yeah it. i would say everyone should yeah have that kind of mentality get on or get off i'm going either way i agree and uh Dallin, thank you so much for your time thank this you this is such a cool talk and uh even looking forward to all the things in the future um Thanks. whether it's like a release or a big show we'll have you back again too what yes. i love is just like uh meeting new people new artists and everything and almost in a way like recording these little like audio documentaries of where they are in time you know and like yeah. down the road maybe we can put it all together and turn it into something bigger you know and everything but um yeah i really appreciate you letting me pick your brain today because I'm a new fan and you're oh, awesome. So keep oh. doing what you're doing. Thank you. Well, you're awesome. I love, I love what you're doing and thank you for your time. Thank you for the space on your platform. I'm, I'm looking forward to future conversations. Thanks for checking out our episode with Dellen Gray. Like we mentioned, she's got a new track out right now titled Heads of the Sky. Open up your phone, whether you got Spotify, iTunes, Napster, I don't know what else, anything, type it in. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. And yeah, it's just always cool and a privilege that I have a space where I can just pick the brain of different artists I see out there just kicking ass and getting to share them with you guys uh, and maybe a few people who've uh, never heard of them before. And I feel like Dylan is somebody very special and somebody you should have on your radar. And that being said, if you enjoyed this episode, give it a share. And before we go, I want to give an extra shout out to all you legends on the Patreon page. Starting with Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio. My man Devin McBride. The wonderful Jenny Potter. The homie Mike Ulio. Ryan freaking Campbell. My favorite soul singer, Saber. And last but not least, Francis Coffer, a.k.a. my mom. If you want a shout out at the end of all of these episodes, and also if you want to get these episodes extra early, raw and uncut, right when I'm done the Zoom call, I don't even edit it. I post it secretly on the Patreon page. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance. It's uh, only four bucks a month. And every cent helps your boy. And on top of that, you can go to bed at night, sleep well, knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, honest, independent media. And I thank you so much. We got more episodes coming your way. 
some real interesting ones. I want to spoil them. Like, I'm just biting my tongue, but uh, I like to surprise you guys as well. So, but once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you soon. Yeah.